Hi everyone, welcome back to the home spun yak. Uh, Kyle was just telling me that he has low T, so I'm just going to throw it off to him. Why do you have low T, <laughs> uh, Kyle? Well, uh, that was a very personal thing that I told you, and it's uh, a genetic condition. So, um, no, I just played uh, a round of golf in the scorching heat with my dad. And uh, just feel a little drained, feel a little low T, low energy. Um, yeah. Might not yeah. sound it's like... It's pretty remarkable. You can just... That's that's one of those strange things. Like you think of things that exhaust you, right? You think of like exercise and you think about maybe working all day or something along those lines. But in all honesty, a person could probably just lay out in the sun <laughs> and that would be just as exhausting. Oh, it, Yeah. I've I've experienced that. I mean, when you're at the beach or something and you just lay out all day, you come yeah. back inside and you're like, I am ready to take a nap or something. Yeah, exactly. But usually when I'm on the beach, I'm drinking. You know what I'm saying? So that helps. <laughs> Keeping hydrated. <laughs> getting that, getting that, earning that double vision. Exactly. Getting extra delirious out there. No mask. <laughs> <laughs> no ask. Uh, yes, you and the tens of millions of other people that also enjoyed this weekend. Oh, I can't imagine the lake parties, the firework madness that went yeah. on, the parades. The I don't know. I, I didn't see anything incredibly, you know, egregious in the realm of blatant non-social distancing but it definitely happened oh i'm yeah i'm sure it (laughs) happened this is this is right before a bunch of scientists came out i I don't know if you read about the uh, who who is now getting pressure to look at some new studies that say that coronavirus could potentially be spread by aerosolization meaning that uh, it's not just if you sneeze or if you cough in, you know, the general vicinity of a person, but you could, you could be talking or you could be, you could sneeze in a room and it'll stay in the air for a while, like an hour. So if a person walks through that and they breathe it in, then they could get it. Hmm. So I'm sure, I'm sure that was helped out by, by (laughs) millions of people getting together and just pretending like coronavirus doesn't exist for, for <laughs> on the a time. fourth, yeah, it doesn't exist on that day. <laughs> no, no, it's un-American for it to exist. <laughs> oh my God! No, I didn't see that article, but since we're on the subject, I guess everyone's been curious. I don't even know. Oh, do yeah. you or do you not have COVID nineteen? I have been diagnosed with, I need the cameras to pan, (laughs) give it, give it some suspense time. Nothing. I do not have COVID-19. Wow. He is not the father. (laughs) That's what it feels like. (laughs) I feel like I'm on Jerry Springer. (laughs) But with COVID-19, yeah. So the uh, question remains, what do you have? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I, I may, it may have just all been psychological. I mean, for me, yeah. for me, not, not for the person who, who, uh, who I, I was in contact with that may have had COVID nineteen. They do not either. Ah. Uh, and but they just had some strange symptoms that seemed like it would it fit. It was very yeah. much in line with what COVID nineteen is. So it was, uh, I guess, fortunate. I, I will admit though, like it was so. If 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 this is how I would have felt with COVID nineteen, I mean, bring it on. I would have. Yeah. I would have enjoyed to get it over with. Right. Just so you could develop antibodies for it right and so i could <laughs> that's kind of a tricky thing because you can't just stop wearing a mask like technically <laughs> you, you you probably could but people would be like look at this asshole i know i would i would have to wear a shirt that says i already had it <laughs> <laughs> hashtag still contagious <laughs> hashtag still contagious yeah got any july 4th plans (laughs) wow yeah uh actually speaking of which i you know i was not going to discuss this but i remember i i just remembered that related to coronavirus and related to our discussion about people social distancing and stuff like that and you know doing what we're supposed to be doing there there are a lot of people out there that are talking about, you know, masks are infringing on freedoms and things of that nature, right? Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of people in general that have this idea that they have to be as free as possible. And, like, fair enough. Like, cool. What's What I find really interesting is something that I read in a book that I'm going through. Or I guess I didn't read it because it's an audio book. Um, but going through this this book... They, this author mentions uh, some of the things that people had to do in the 1918 Spanish flu. Let me enlighten <laughs> people on how free we really are com- by comparison to and what this is in the in, United States. In this is in, in in the United in the United States, and I will blow your mind. <laughs> Let me tell you, this is mandated by the government. So actually, it's worse than that. Whoa! So let allow, allow me to elaborate. Right. So so in certain counties and in certain cities, certain towns, villages, whatever you want to call them, people would get together and actually vote to start what's called a citizens committee. And a citizens committee is just as it sounds. It's a group of citizens that uh, decide the rules, essentially separate from what the government already does, and. They became so powerful. I mean, you're talking about, you know, many, many committees across like different towns, different counties. This, this isn't like an isolated thing. So for context, the Spanish flu or the, the influence of 1918 was spreading throughout the United States and was, I mean, it was wreaking havoc. People, people would be healthy in the morning and dead by nighttime. Like wow. that's how, that's how deadly it was. And so eventually people got super paranoid. Well, during this time, 1918 is the last year of uh, World War One, but this this actually started to happen around 1917, and then it just carried over into 1918 and later into 1918 as well. 
So these committees were created and they would they would specifically create another police force outside of their regular police force. And these police forces were allowed to arrest people for not wearing a mask or if they spat on the ground. So just not wearing a mask, you wouldn't get fined like you would you'd get straight up arrested. So that was the first thing. Wow. But it it continues to increase in absurdity. In one situation, this is not related to the influenza specifically, but as a testament to the power of some of these citizen committees, they had 1,000 striking rail workers that were hashed, not hashtag, uh, that were <laughs> that were quote unquote arrested by citizen arrest. So 1,500 people got together. Citizen and, arrest. Yes, 1,500 people. Citizen arrested a thousand striking rail workers, put them in train cars in the Arizona desert or the New Mexico desert, and left them there without food or water. Just locked them up and put them in this in this car. So they just fried alive. Oh my in, god! In, in this this like box, a like train a uh, tra- uh, train car, and so it, it it continues. So during the influenza, so this is related to influenza. For some reason, you know how we had the whole toilet paper uh, phase where people were going crazy about toilet paper? Apparently, they had a similar thing that happened in 1918, but specifically around dogs. They thought that dogs could infect humans, that dogs could get influenza and therefore pass it on to humans. So without any data to back this up, they just started killing every dog that that they... saw so the police were authorized to kill your dog if they saw a dog and people were instructed to take their household dog that they'd had for i don't know 10 years whatever and if they couldn't kill the dog they would call a police officer the police officer would come to your house and kill your dog for you oh my um, god then the police officers would nail a this home is sick, either this home is sick or uh, influenza on a white placard with red letters and nail it to your door and you weren't allowed to remove it. Uh, So if if anybody in your house had the flu, and of course then you weren't allowed to leave either. Nobody, uh, Nobody went anywhere, so streets were deserted. So, but it still kept kept spreading because obviously it ended up infecting you know tens of millions of people. And the kicker is that this one town called Gunnison, Colorado, is one of the places. So there were several different towns that were being just they had just started to get influenza, so it had just started spreading, and it spreads incredible incredibly quickly, but. They started getting influenza, so all these towns were starting to succumb to uh, the, the, the whole craze that's happening. And this one town, Gunnison, Colorado, decided that before, like somehow they just wanted to be as extreme as possible. So what they did is before the influenza got to that town, before they had a single case of influenza, they decided to shut down all the roads. So they had law enforcement at every single road that led into the town they didn't allow anybody to leave they didn't allow anybody to enter and they had everybody quarantined in their homes so nobody was allowed to leave at any time and shockingly that was the one town 
I believe in all of Colorado, maybe even in, in the whole United States, but definitely don't quote me on this, but definitely they had vastly superior outcomes. So nobody died, zero people died. Meanwhile, in Philadelphia, you're talking tens of thousands of people were dying uh, from from influenza and like all kind. I mean, everywhere, everywhere across the United States. If you had one case of influenza, you might as well just say that tomorrow you're going to have a hundred cases. It was that bad. Like it would just spread so so quickly. Wow. So it was it was really really crazy. Oh, and one more thing. So there was this doctor that. I, th I think he lived in Oklahoma. I believe he lived in Oklahoma and he practiced in Oklahoma and he made enough money uh, within the first, I don't know, 40, 50 years of his life that he decided to move to New Mexico, like a really isolated place in New Mexico. And he told his wife, we will not utter that I'm a doctor. So this is before influenza, like nobody, you know, influenza wasn't around. Let's just say it's like 1916 or 1915. Yeah. He decided to move to, to New Mexico and isolate himself. He just didn't want to be a doctor anymore. Mm -hmm. And so they, they end up buying this ranch and they end up buying like a lot of land and whatnot because he did well for himself. And then the influenza hit and he had uh, two or three ranch hands that were helping him. And they were, uh, I believe they were from Mexico. I, I, I'm pretty certain that they were from Mexico. And they were helping him, and one of them got sick with uh, the flu and during 1918. And soon enough, obviously, all three of them, or all four of them, however many there were, uh, ended up getting sick. And he, he had not told them that he was a doctor. So uh, he ended up helping them and... Obviously, they figured out, oh, this guy was a doctor. Like, that's how he became really uh, wealthy. And apparently, one of them ended up telling their family back in Mexico. And over 100 people traveled from Mexico to his ranch just oh to be God. seen by him. Because the doctor shortage was so extreme that if anybody found out that you were a doctor... People would just they bombard you, just just absolutely go crazy. Like they they had they wanted to secure you. They wanted to make sure that you were there because a lot of people were dying without being treated. And actually, I know I'm bouncing around all over the place, but let me say one more thing about the Citizens Committee, and this will really sink things home here. Another Citizens Committee, I don't remember which town, went after people who didn't buy war bonds. So this is not related to influenza, but it is related to World War One. And if you refused, if you had the means and you refused to, to buy war bonds, they would hang you what? in the streets. Yes, they would hang you in the United States. We are talking in the United States. They would hang 100 you. 100 years and, ago. Yes, just 100 years ago. And on top of that, if like so one man cited religious reasons as to why he didn't want it like he was a pacifist or something along those lines and he didn't want to support the war they they hung him and then they found someone else who also resisted they put a sign on him tied him behind a car and dragged him through the streets of main street until he was dead like <laughs> I, I was absolutely blown away that that happened in the United States. And in the and 20th the century. Exactly. In the 20th century. And the government was arresting people for just being German. Like if you just had, 
if you if you were just somehow German, like uh, affiliated with Germany, and I think you had to do something a little bit more, like you had to, I don't know, be say like if you if you said anything slightly positive about germany for example <laughs> then you were immediately thrown in jail with a, a maximum sentence of like 10 years or something wow. those lines. and like i i just for perspective so people can understand how how ridiculous we sound when we, we we're like oh we want our freedoms like <laughs> it on one extreme people were getting killed for not supporting the war and on the other extreme, now we're just we're just worried about wearing a mask because a mask is uncomfortable. Unquote. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? Yeah, it's it's a very short memory a lot of people have in this country. Even yeah. in the country, I mean, there's been egregious things that have happened, and we just sometimes you remember very well certain things that we're seeing now and people are remembering and trying to stamp it out and then some things you just kind of oh well because he believed in these other things or because they did these things as well like they learn from their mistakes don't worry about it it's fine right so it's just interesting what we go after now and what we don't go after what we remember what we choose to forget yeah. So. Oh, oh, what we choose to forget. Absolutely. I didn't know any of that <laughs> stuff. Like, to think that in the United States, you could be killed without a trial and everybody would just kind of shrug their shoulders. Like imagine, Kyle, imagine the town of Wake Forest just deciding, you know what, fuck the government. We'll just make our own like little side thing for a little while. And we're just going to pick out people that we're just going to kill because... We just decide that that's the way it's going to be. And who do you turn to? I mean, who do you turn to in that situation? Because the entire town wants to kill you because you miss you misstepped one way, like the way that or they you, didn't want you, you to hide, misstep. You were saving dogs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you were saving dogs. Like Harboring something along neighborhood those dogs. Exactly. <laughs> like you're trying to, you didn't want to see your dog killed or you didn't want to see other people's dogs killed. And then... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the, I don't know. I mean, when you can see how just outrageous it gets, I don't know what I don't know what you turn to. I mean, if you if you can actually see like this is unconstitutional, we we don't. This is the country that we try to not emulate when we first created yeah. it. You know, like right. do you then arm yourself and? fortify your area or I don't know I don't know what you would do yeah well I mean yeah exactly what do you do yeah you have no idea if anybody's interested the book is called The Great Influenza by G uh, John M. Barry yeah that sounds really it's eye opening a, it's it's well it's certainly well written um, I, th I think it I don't know if it became one of the New York uh bestsellers but it was uh it was, it's a highly acclaimed book but he does tons of research for it and he, he writes it really well he actually goes state by state and tells you exactly what happened within huh. each state and uh he does he does an, a, a really great job well i'm sure there'll be a book written oh about yeah. this time oh yeah <laughs> And would you believe it? The people had to choose to wear masks. 
The governors asked them nicely to wear a mask. Some fought back. <laughs> Some fought back. <laughs> Waving their Confederate flags. <laughs> Jebediah said it strained his ear. The mask was too tight around his ear. <laughs> Jebediah. Oh, good gracious. That was too good. But you said that one town that was very successful because they really took quarantine to the next level. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was. I was under the impression that we did that here <laughs> for like two, two and a half, three months. And as soon as it like, it left, it, I don't know, as soon as they uh, relinquish these yeah. tight standards around quarantining, and then it just looks like the cases go through the roof. So is there a period in time which if we did quarantine long enough, the disease would, or the virus would uh, just die on its own in a way? Or, I mean, is this inevitable? Or could we have at least not had such a huge outbreak if we would have uh, all been on the same page state by state and sort of eased back into things? maybe on a slower scale. Right. I, I, I'm not an epidemiologist. I have, I have not looked at the data on that kind of stuff, but I was incredibly confused from the get-go. I never understood this idea of quarantining with the idea of three months from now or two months from now. We'll be able to open back up, and the virus will be like, like you just ah. had a you, like you had a negotiation with COVID nineteen. Ex- exactly. Like, All right, we'll give you three months. Like, exactly. like I wanted six, but I'll take three if you throw in all this stuff and you make these people wear masks and like yeah. crash the economy for me. Exactly. Like that. And then that I'll never go away. Made sense. It was. <laughs> Like no matter what, it was get like the moment you reopen, even even let's say let's say we close back down, right? Let's say we close down again for another two months, and then we open up again. Like I promise you, all the the levels are just going to keep increasing again. It's the quarantines work, but we were obviously doing it half-ass. Like if you had done it, what like that that Colorado town, yeah, where they just shut everything down. Like I rem- they in the book he mentions that somebody had force their way through one of the barricades hmm. and the poli- just because they wanted to get to another town on the other side and they chased him down took him out of the car and arrested him and kept him there until the entire pandemic was over so <laughs> like they they took it unbelievably seriously so obviously on a national scale you'd have to shut down every border yeah, you, you, for like an entire year, you would just have to just shut down. Which is that feasible? Probably not. But that's really what has to happen. So I just think that everybody's going to, through this like quasi quarantine thing. So I yeah. I see the argument for both sides, but certainly I guess like with the hospitals, I think that's the that's the point, right? To try and reduce. So you have a trickle of COVID nineteen that's going into the hospital, so they can handle it as opposed to getting an explosion like in Texas right now. Yeah. Right. Texas is absolutely getting slammed with with, uh, with, with cases. cases, but is hospitalization 
like along that same trend as well or do you even know hospital so yeah so a couple days ago this was even a few days ago they were at like 98 percent emergency capacity like they they said there's essentially it's we're beyond the point of no return like i think the epidemiologists and the the medical doctors said that there's no way that texas can now turn back like even if they were to start quarantining and whatnot it's too many people are infected so no matter what you're just going to have pockets of of exposure everywhere across the state so they're fucked but that's that's unfortunately the reality i'm sure that's the case for florida as well oh no doubt yeah but to, and I, I don't really like the argument that people keep saying like, oh, well, I live in Maryland and Maryland's not that bad. Dude, trust me. This sh- It's not like COVID-19 is <laughs> like, oh, Maryland's going to be straight. It's okay. Like, the, we're, we've, we opened later. So what do you think is going to happen? Like, let's use our brain. Like, it's going to start to increase here as well. Like, it's so stupid. I know. It definitely increased in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah i don't know i don't know the answer i don't i mean i'm sure after a while everyone we know will maybe have had it or majority of people we know potentially yeah. will have had it maybe not known but i think the more people like you know on a personal level that yeah. have it will increase probably yeah but yeah i don't know th- the number i believe the number for herd uh immunity is around 70 percent of the population has to have had it and i believe the number right now is what two two point five million or three million something like that 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 have had it so but they they're they're estimating that it's a tenfold like there's actually tenfold more that have uh. had it so about 30 million people but that's still a pretty small number so like by comparison to the entire population so by the end of the year that 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 means that what like over 200 million people like 225 240 million people will have had to have had the virus to actually have herd immunity which isn't like that we look how hard it's hit us at let's say 30 mil let's let's do the tenfold increase like at 30 million can you imagine like that's can you imagine 200 or or close to 300 million people another tenfold increase that would be that would be <sighs> devastating that would absolutely be devastating i know hopefully before it gets that bad there there could be a vaccine or something more efficient right. ways in in at least diminishing its severity right so yeah yeah um i mean the vaccine trials are going well one of my friends i don't know if i've talked about this on a podcast or someone i know uh he is actually part of the vaccine trial so he uh went because in at the university of maryland they're doing one of the vaccine trials for pfizer and uh, he's one of the subjects, one of the participants. So he was given a low dose of the vaccine. So he had to go twice, get get, get a, a first shot and then a, a secondary shot. And his trial is like phase one, I want to say. So all they were doing is it's a small group, right? And they just want to know 
is the, is the vaccine dangerous? So, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's kind of risky. Um, yeah. It's certainly not something you want to be like, ooh, I, I want to sign up for it. But no. uh, I guess maybe for something like this, um, it, it might be worth it. But ultimately, they, they did publish their results, which they are actually the only ones out of all the vaccine trials that have actually shown the numbers of what they've gotten. And it looks, it certainly looks promising, like incredibly promising in terms, so the, the vaccine numbers, the actual antibody response was, I think, tenfold higher with the vaccine compared to people that had had the virus already and had developed an antibody response. So the vaccine is incredibly effective, like in terms of creating that effect. However, the only drawback was that there were some side effects that came with it. And I'm not talking about anything super, super extreme. It's not like death or seizure or anything like that, but um, like extreme arm soreness, mm-hmm. uh, like kind of puffiness and stuff like that. I think some people with the, the really high dose of the vaccine, because they had Deafness. to test a low dose. <laughs> How do you feel? What? How do you feel? I don't understand. <laughs> it's so weird. This has never happened to me before. <laughs> Researchers are like, just take them out don't of the trial. Don't know what it could be. <laughs> don't know what it could be. Yeah. Uh, any, so anyone, anyone that was in the low dose had pr- relatively mild side effects, and they're obviously going to have to tweak this to, to make it better. Um, the the high dose, however, did have some pretty severe uh, side effects, um, where like you know like nausea, like strong nausea and stuff like that. So not mm. something that they would be able to use. So they actually discontinued that one um, as a result. But still, the low dose did produce a strong antibody response. So that's that's fantastic news. So yeah. that that's great news. And also, I believe the FDA or someone some regulatory agency did approve finally an antibody test uh, so that we can actually figure out who has actually been Ah. infected with with the virus which that is a test i can get behind the random covid test as we've talked about seems (laughs) absolutely pointless to me (laughs) and the antibody test is this something that you'll just go and get at um your local uh, family physician, or will this be potentially available at uh, your CVS, your Walgreens? No, I that would that would definitely be something that you would have to. So they'd have to take your blood. Um, so you'd have to go to a phlebotomist. So you could do that at like a LabCorp or Quest or okay. something like that, some laboratory like that. But um, ultimately, they just got approved. So I imagine it's probably going to take them a few months to actually be able to produce you know, millions of these kits. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they need to go through more regulations or not, but I did just briefly see that an antibody test has finally been approved. Nice. Yeah. So it's not all bad news. Yeah. At least there's some progress in the right direction, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I, wa- I wanted to briefly mention, I was curious if you saw that uh, Patrick Mahomes... Did you see oh. his new contract? You know, I I saw that it was it a ten year deal. Yeah, ten years. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I didn't see the dollar amount, shockingly, <laughs> but I I'm gonna guess that it's over a hundred million. 
You, well, you're definitely right. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> it is, uh, it is over four hundred million dollars for ten years. Oh my god! <laughs> now that has oh. to be by far the largest contract in the NFL history. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I. I'm almost sure. I don't think anybody's ever gotten a four hundred I mean, million in sports, yeah. period. I remember what was that? What was that baseball player? Is it Pujols? A Rod? No, not A Rod. But A Rod got an insane, insane deal way before these deals were happening. Yeah, but I'm sure there were ones bigger afterwards. But yeah, Albert Pujols is another. Yeah, player. he got like a hundred million ten ten year deal yeah. or something like that and at that time that was huge too and man but like that was just i think like 10 years ago less than that that i saw that headline and i don't follow baseball but now we're talking 400 million dollars for 10 years of course you know there's like incentives and all kinds of yeah. other stuff that you it's not fully guaranteed if that was fully guaranteed <laughs> holy hell <laughs> I'd be like, man, I got a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I got an MVP. Cash it in. <laughs> I'll just, chill. yeah, I'll throw, I'll throw. The, you know what? Make me the backup. <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah, man, pretty. I'm just pretty trying nuts. to. Let's see here. I'm I'm looking at the list of the biggest sports contracts now. Yeah. Um, and yep. Just on there, Patrick Mahomes, number one. Um, God, let's see. So, yeah, it's saying it. It the value could get as high as five hundred and three million for that contract. Yeah, if Holy he if he God. gets like you know. Because if you win playoff games, you get more Super Bowl. You get a ton more bonuses and stuff. Yeah. So average per year would be fifty million, and average per game is three point one million. Wow, he's broke. I know. I don't know how you're gonna save that. Um, Mike Trout is number two. That's a baseball guy. Yeah. Twelve years. Four hundred and twenty-six million. Ooh, wow! He got ripped off. I know. Let's see. And then a boxer's third. And then it's baseball, 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 basketball. Who's the basketball? James Harden. And then it goes. Baseball, 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 basketball. Russell Westbrook, wow. 23. I am really curious <laughs> if that is going to end up lasting, the baseball thing. Oh, my God, I know. I don't see how they're going to end up being able – because NFL is so big. The NBA is massive. It's getting like more and more massive, more international. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. So I'm really curious if baseball is going to be able to keep up with this. Like because now, yeah, they're only doing 60 games. This oh season. yeah, yeah. That on on top of that, for sure. It just blows my mind every time I s- see a baseball game on. There's no one in the stands. 
Yeah. Unless it's like a playoff game or a f- at a famous stadium or something or a a big game, but unbelievable. Yeah. Those big TV deals, I guess. Yeah, they apparently they made like fifteen billion dollars last year. Just how off. Does, how does the TV deals thing make sense? Because, <laughs> like, I, I I know a lot of people still watch TV, but it seems so weird because I don't. I I hear a lot of people, you know, cutting cable and and changing I to know. just using Netflix or you know whatever it might be. That seems so strange I, I to me. No idea. No idea. Makes no sense at all. I mean, yeah. Uh, everybody on this list is baseball. <laughs> so insane. Yeah, A Rod is number eight, and that was, yeah, in 2008 when he signed it. Wow, that's really good then. Yeah. Being number 275 eight. Million. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. <laughs> that was a 10 year deal. Wow. Yeah, he or he was one of the first. Well, then he's number ten again for the Texas Rangers in two thousand one, two hundred and fifty-two million dollar. Are you kidding me? Yeah, this guy almost made like a half a billion just playing baseball. Oh, man. <laughs> and now he's married to J Lo. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously, <laughs> it sucks to be him. Um, although he did get busted for roids, but. Whatever. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> At least I didn't get busted for rolling. I have my integrity, man. <laughs> yeah, you have a 60-foot yacht, but I have integrity. <laughs> Something you can't buy. Shithead. You see a dude pointing at this massive <laughs> yacht. He's right next to you. He's like, ha ha. <laughs> I bought this bass boat with hard-earned money. <laughs> I had to ask my wife. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I painted on the side, SS Integrity. <laughs> oh, man. I'm saving up Jesus. for a new engine for the back. <laughs> I'll get if, it in two years. <laughs> if our budget allows. <laughs> oh my god that was too good yeah so everybody all the kids listening I know we got a lot of kids that listen and look up to us play baseball (laughs) play ball (laughs) oh he just blew out the mic with that one definitely (laughs) but for the love of the game (laughs) yeah Oh man. Okay. Yeah. So, do steroids. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Do steroids. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah. And in, uh, in other news, breaking news. Break it this week. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell. <gasps> yes. Has been apprehended. Killed. <laughs> well, that's to come soon. That's to come soon. <clears throat> Has been apprehended by the FBI or whoever did that in, in like Connecticut US. or something like that. Right? Th- yeah, like uh, some northeastern state. It was or either New Hampshire or Connecticut or Vermont. Yeah. 
New England area. Um, she was apprehended. And according to sources, she was very surprised and adamant that she would never have to face any scrutiny or questioning at the minimum. Right. So she was just completely blindsided somehow by, you know, being apprehended and being arrested and held on all these charges because she just knew all these wealthy people and was connected in a lot of different avenues, um, whether it be government, you know, celebrities, business, the business world. I mean, just apparently had, you know, close to 10 or so different bank accounts in the United States alone that had millions of dollars in each one and just no one knows how they got she got all this money but um, hopefully when they question her she will reveal things that some people have speculated uh, based on the the type of people that uh, her and Jeffrey Epstein associated with throughout their time committing heinous crimes on young girls. Yeah. I mean, she was so plugged in with everything. She's like the last hope, right? She's like the yeah. the last hope to get any sense of truth. <clears throat> I mean, but let's be real. I, I, I do feel like these kinds of situations, like even if she spills everything, right? I yeah. feel like uh, somehow nothing is going to happen to those people. Yeah. They're just... Well, the statute of limitations, uh, you know, has expired in the state of New York. That or the 1987 say, was the cutoff. Yeah. This that happened or in 86. Just, just say, so, <laughs> say something like that. Uh, something related to, uh, like, Hold on, sorry, I got distracted by a really funny tweet by Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I was I was looking this up actually. It's it says I heard the unfortunate news that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell <laughs> ha- has passed away while awaiting trial. The world will never know all the information she had. Too bad. There was this other one that was like, uh, I'm so saddened to hear about Ghislaine uh, Maxwell's death. Uh, next week (laughs) (laughs) such an unfortunate coincidence like oh man yeah uh yeah but like it's it's going to be like a he says she says kind of thing that's that's what i think is going to end up happening if anything were to happen and then it's just going to be up to the court of public opinion and that's going to be it and you know everybody's gonna be like outraged oh bill clinton did this and Donald Trump did this and like all this stuff related to Epstein and then nothing's going to happen of like actual substance. Hey, (sighs) maybe, maybe the FBI would be like, we are opening an investigation one week later. We have concluded our investigation. (laughs) There is no, no common (laughs) information. Just something along those lines. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, not only did she basically, um, 
I don't know. She. It seemed like she was the one who facilitated all of these um, interactions with young girls and Epstein, and all, and often participated in these acts as well. Yeah. I mean, for decades. Yeah, she was incredibly plugged in. Sometimes she would be involved with with everything. So she is the the hope. You know what I also notice is that she ages extremely well. <laughs> well, that's what money will do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, she money aged. is the best moisturizer you can get. Yeah, she's almost 60 and she looks uh pretty hot? similar. No, I wouldn't say would hot. Would you say hot? I would not say hot. <laughs> I thought you were about <laughs> to say hot. Quit putting numbers in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she, she looks like she hasn't aged like a whole lot since everything happened. Back in when? That was like the 1980s? <laughs> oh, yeah, 80s, 90s, yeah, 2000s. Yeah. Apparently, Attorney General said, no, U.S. Attorney said, Ghislaine Maxwell facilitated, aided, and participated in acts of sexual abuse on minors. She enticed minor girls, got them to trust her, and then delivered them into the trap that she and Jeffrey Epstein had set. She pretended to be a woman they could trust. All the while, she was setting them up to be abused sexually by Epstein and, in some cases, Maxwell herself. Today, after many years, she finally stands charged for her role in these crimes. So, yeah, there will be a lot of conversations had between her and the FBI. And depending on how much she values... I don't know, her f- potential freedom. I don't know if she can actually get away nah. scot-free, I mean, but she could certainly reduce her... Maybe she can get an Epstein deal where she's allowed to leave from, like, nine <laughs> yeah, till quote-unquote five. Just or check in like for that. bedtime. Exactly. Yeah, but she was the last person that really had a ton of information, I mean... Bill Clinton is definitely sweating right now. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I think. That dude is not having fun right now. I mean, if that comes out before the election, like anything about him, I mean, what in, I mean, 2020 is just <laughs> the most insane year. And then it just swings oh, yeah. the election to Trump again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Because you know he'll jump all over that. Yeah. Or she could, she could, you know, say something about him. Yeah. Which unfortunately he's just so disgusting and so out there that I don't (laughs) think people would care. Like his base wouldn't care. He could just be like, "No, I didn't. She was ugly. I hated her. She. He was weird. What an ugly, ugly woman. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nasty woman. Nasty woman. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, one of the old Hillary tweets from July 8th, 2019. This is fake, folks. This is fake. (laughs) Jeffrey Epstein was such a close friend to us over the years. When he commits suicide next week on Tuesday around (laughs) 2.45 with two gunshots to the back of the head, it will be so unexpected (laughs) and will take such a heavy toll on all of us. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Oh, yeah. That is, that's going to be really, really interesting to follow. I just wish that things, more things would actually happen uh, in terms of actual punishment. Yeah, and I just wish it would be something that happened pretty swiftly, you know. Right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this evolves. I mean, if she ends up like she had a heart attack, she just was so <laughs> overwhelmed by all of this and they mistreated her and they didn't, she had high blood pressure and they yeah. didn't allow her to have her medication and she died from <laughs> natural causes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yep. I mean, that would be equally as insane if she comes out and exposes all these people. Oh, yeah, yeah, regardless of how it, it would end up, if it's one of those two situations. Man, oh, man, yeah. Hopefully we'll see some things unfold over the next few weeks. Yeah, so we can report back on the home <laughs> spun. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we continue to see statues being removed. This time, shockingly, a Frederick Douglass statue. Oh, interesting. Making, <laughs> making things seem upside down. Just But I, I don't know. Let's see. Just as it was ripped from its base at Rochester, New York, where he delivered one of his most famous speeches in that city. In 1852, <clears throat> they don't know who did it, I don't think. Yeah, so it could have been white supremacists. It could have been a retaliation Yeah. from white supremacists. Right. From all the Columbus removals. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Columbus removals. And... Uh, Raleigh, right, had its yeah. statues torn down. I know uh, Columbus was removed here in Baltimore. Ah. They removed good old Columbus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they've, I guess that's just going to keep happening. I, I saw something by Vox about the United... United... like United Women's United Women of Conf of the Confederacy or something like that. They were the ones that were responsible for the vast majority of Confederate right. statues to be erected. The um, Daughters of the Confederacy or something daughters, like that. Yeah, something like that, exactly. <coughs> um, daughters of the Confederacy. So uh, they were, yeah, they were responsible for most of them to, to be put up. And although I don't really trust Vox that much, and no. just so we're clear, I'm talking Vox V. Although I don't trust Fox, Fox either. either so yeah, I guess I didn't have to correct that. Um, yeah, and Vox is the same website and the same uh, YouTube channel. I used to I used to like their stuff, and I, I do like the graphics and stuff and how they present stuff. But it's so smooth and so slick, and then. They have this one guy on there that was predicting that Donald Trump, he was, he was so arrogant, like the way he would talk. He's like, huh, 
there is no way that Donald Trump could <laughs> ever win this election. Hillary Clinton has so many <laughs> wonderful traits. And this is, you know, in these ways, and he's trying to like, he's throwing out stats and all this stuff, like tons of stuff. And he had this whole series throughout the entire 2016 election where uh, it was months of him just releasing videos and like really well edited and well crafted by Vox and you see these numbers and all this stuff and talking about the policies that they both and they don't say a single good thing about Trump and they say all these wonderful things about Hillary and then she loses and he literally goes MIA for like two years (laughs) (laughs) he just disappeared (laughs) off the platform oh my god I really can't stand that guy oh he's just a punk ass oh just a left extremist punk ass I just yeah I can't I really can't stand it's just so smug the way he would talk I know oh and that definitely happens on both sides but it's just like oh for sure come on you could just be so confident in something that clearly he knew nothing about. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's the expert. Like that's the person yeah. they're putting out there for, for for their viewing audience to collect information from. And he's the expert. And then he just goes. He literally went MIA. Like he just did not post any more. <laughs> like they posted more political stuff, and none of it had him in it anymore. <laughs> and I, I, I found that hilarious. But I, it also angered me because I really wanted him to just come out and be like, "Wow, yeah. I was wrong about like a ton of stuff." It just punked out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. I mean, it is. There's just no accountability. Like if you're so stuck in the you know, on one side, like, so adamant that this is the way it should go and this is how it's going to be. And, like, if you don't agree with me, then you're wrong and all this. And as soon as you're revealed to be like, well, maybe your idea was wrong because that did not happen the way that you said it would, then, I don't know, it just a little bit of accountability in that scenario would go a long way or, you know, just saying, you know, I was wrong here. Like we had bad information or just like, I will in the future do a lot better in situations like this where, you know, there was a lot of unknown, but I unfortunately just went ahead and made these decisions and next time we're going to wait a little bit more. I mean, then that's talking directly to the president yeah. at this point with how he handled the whole COVID situation. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> which is like, you know, just zero information about it initially, yeah. but yet yet is an expert somehow on how it's going to go down. Yeah. It's completely wrong. I mean, the wrong, the most wrong you could ever be about something. <laughs> And, d- and doesn't even admit that he's wrong. I mean, right. admitting that you're wrong would go pretty far with a lot of people. For sure. People would be And shocked. saying that I was wrong, I'm sorry. Like, we're going to look at this in a way more closely now. Like, yeah. I mean, that would just go so much, so far with people who were on the fence with him in the first place, you know. Right. And I think that type of handling not only of that situation but so many different situations throughout his presidency if he would have handled it with more dignity and accountability then he might not be in the situation that he's in now but it's directly related to his fault his own actions and 
his inability to keep his mouth shut even when it's something he's got no knowledge or expertise on at all thinks just because he's the president he now knows everything yeah like that's that's not true at all you're exposed to so much more information and so many different scenarios than the average person is that's definitely true but i think that means you should ask more questions and try to get to the the root cause of things even more by um including experts other than yourself um on every single issue that affects the american people and anybody who deals with the u.s so we just can't we got to have somebody in there that's willing to admit they were wrong and try to work hard to correct the mistakes that they will inevitably make i mean that's nobody's perfect and especially that job it shows so you just got to uh yeah i think that's ultimately his his undoing mm-hmm. yeah for sure and but like he said covid will just go away on its own yeah so i trust him <laughs> <laughs> i stand by him what you know the unfortunate thing is that covid will go away eventually I mean, we're, we're going to beat it. It's, you know, science will catch up and we're going to have vaccines and it's going to be dramatically reduced to the point where it's essentially gone. And unfortunately, he's going to take credit for it. He's going to be like, see, I called it. Yeah. If, if I wasn't in office, this would still be a problem and we'd still be experiencing another 10 years of this. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Just taking credit. It's, that's, that's the shitty thing about correlational stuff because you can just point to anything that's, that's within the same trend and just like, you know, Trump can be like, oh, I exist while things are getting better. Therefore, or I existed at, some, at a particular point in this COVID crisis, therefore, I'm just going to give myself credit and say that it got better because of me. Yeah. When in reality, things went, I mean, things are currently going absolutely, but just bananas um, in California and Texas and Florida, you know, all these different places. Yeah. Almost. I don't know how long it's been. <laughs> Feels like every day it's like just Groundhog Day sometimes. Like this. <laughs> it really does. That's a, that's a good analogy. It's wild. Yeah. That it just evolves people's mindset, opinions, but the virus will remain the same until, you know, like you said, we can combat it to our, the best of our abilities with science. By injecting the virus prematurely into the children. <laughs> as soon as they're removed from the womb. Injection. <laughs> and then draining the blood from their system. <laughs> it's going to be the Matrix soon. Yeah. yeah. Could already be. Who knows? Could be. Would you Who would you would knows. you pick to leave the matrix if you were if you found out you were in the matrix and you had the choice to leave? Um I don't know cuz if I knew it was the matrix 
and it's not then it's not a real like it's not real it's just what uh, it's hard to it's hard to describe I feel like I could get away with a lot more without like things weighing on my conscience not that I would do like bad things but uh-huh. does isn't he able to like fly in the matrix yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather do that and then like <laughs> then like live in a <laughs> like a grimy ass ship <laughs> and eat porridge for some reason that's exactly why like thought not process. shower it's like <laughs> trinity <laughs> that's like the only reason <laughs> yeah yeah he's uh yeah i don't know i think that's probably what i'd do yeah i would definitely stay in the matrix <laughs> yeah i'd rather have the semblance of reality yeah and enjoy myself He's doing a, uh, Keanu Reeves is doing a new Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure movie. I heard, yeah. The trailer's out already. I don't know if you've seen it. No, no. I haven't even seen the, the first one, to be honest. Or what it, that. That's been so long. Yeah. Because it was like a movie in the 80s. And, uh, <laughs> he's doing another one. It's like his first big movie, I think. And he's just like, out of an 80s, like high school stoner guy and this him and his friend go back in time and (laughs) and it became like a cult movie and i don't know how they're making another one honestly (laughs) but uh it looks pretty i'll I'll probably check it out the trailer got you was enticing enough uh (laughs) i don't know i mean just just to say that i've seen i'll have to watch the trailer again but it just was pretty funny to see them, like, acting like that again. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Okay. Just after all he's done since that movie, for him to go back, I mean, I think it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. It's also funny because he's 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 really good with weapons and stuff like that. And he's, yeah. He, he loves to, to learn how to fight and all that stuff. So he he's kind of carved out this niche of being... Well, not a niche. I mean, he's a great actor in general, but... Just, just people look at him. and He's like a badass, right? He's really kind, yeah. Quiet, keeps to himself, but is also a badass. Like, does a lot of his own stunts whenever he can. And now he's going back to a really silly movie like like this. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's it's interesting to look at the career of a really famous actor, right, or actress over the years and like some people stay in like one particular lane or area and others seem to be able to jump from different genres and like wildly different roles right pretty easily i mean some not so successfully but i don't know i was just talking to somebody about um like jim carrey yeah and um god who else but like a guy that was initially known for like funny movies like and that was all that they wanted to do with him and then he's also been in some like incredibly serious roles and it's it is ridiculously believable yeah how good he is in those roles too yeah right 
So I don't know. I think like people like Adam Sandler too. Like I, I don't know if you saw Uncut Gems. No, I haven't seen um, that yet. But that's a really good movie. That he's like, it's like not funny at all, obviously. But uh, I don't know. I think guys that start out in comedy and like really good in comedic roles and just like intrinsically funny, they. I don't know if that comes from like a dark place and they're able to go to that place as well and be really versatile in roles. But like Jamie Foxx was another guy that I think about um, who came from the comedy world but has done some really amazing serious roles too. Like, oh, yeah, he's been great. Like Ray Charles when he, he won an Oscar for that and Django and stuff like that just just not afraid to bounce around and not be like one dimensional um, type actors. So I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I was just enjoying <laughs> it's listening. The low it's, it's the low tea. <laughs> um, God, because I, I had a guy in mind, but I didn't even name him here. Um, Steven Seagal. No, yeah, that's it. That's the guy. But, like, also, it's like with some actors, I don't know, they have such good films that sometimes they can get away with doing more things in real life or get more second chances than someone who was like a B lister or something like that. Yeah. Like Mel Gibson. Right. Like he, I watched a little bit of The Patriot the other day. Oh yeah, I recently watched that too. Yeah, um, great movie. Braveheart, great movie. Apocalypto, great movie. Like he, pretty much. I mean, Lethal Weapon, great movie. Mad Max, the first one. Um, he's pretty. He's got a pretty good record. Yeah. When it comes to not only acting but directing, I mean, right. he directed. Braveheart and the Patriot and Apocalypto as well but he has done a few things in his in his public life that have been quite unsavory to say the least oh and it's and it's just like is it bad that I like his movies <laughs> because he's been a bad guy yeah I mean he's since apologized and you know said all these things but I don't know. I don't know if I should. I'm certainly not gonna like go out and boycott Mel Gibson, or like not watch his movies. But I don't know. That's just a weird. I don't know if I should feel weird or not. Now that we're in the age of shaming and uh, going back in people's past, let's cancel him again. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. It's it's difficult. I, I was having this conversation relatively recently as well, and it is difficult. Like, you, you get to a point, you, you end up realizing pretty quickly that humans are uh, flawed. And every, almost everybody has something that you pretty strongly disagree with. And if they yeah. don't yet, they probably will. So that means you're not only trying to become a better person yourself and treat people better and whatnot, but you're also getting to a point where 
you can't even you ha you have to cancel all these different things that make you happy because you feel that you have a moral obligation to cancel that person that's associated with it um, Kevin Spacey yeah. Mel Gibson like you know all these people which don't get me wrong like they have especially some of them Kevin Spacey for example like they've done some pretty terrible things uh, so what do you do in that situation like you you just don't enjoy art ever again uh, yeah. I can I can promise you that a lot of the most famous artists in history or the most famous <laughs> yeah. people in history have done some just terrible things. <laughs> Horrific things that were perfectly acceptable then. Right, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a bit difficult. I, I'm starting, and this is a very inf infant thought at, at the moment because I'm still navigating how I'm going to go about things. I think that if I just genuinely feel... Uh, I feel really strongly about this like one thing or this one person uh, that I just get the sense that they don't really have remorse then I I don't listen to their stuff anymore there's yeah. a there's a there's a band that I used to listen to and I had an opportunity to see them live I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast I may have they were literally going to be a block away from me, or like two blocks away from me, uh, at a venue. So I could have easily gone to go see them, but their uh, vocalist had hired somebody to try and kill his wife. So he mm. ended up he ended up going to jail. But his his apology afterwards, he went to jail for I don't know like six years or something because it's only like attempted. I don't know like I don't know how it didn't it, actually happen. Yeah, but. no, it didn't actually happen. Um, because the person he hired, I think, was ended up being a, a federal agent or something along those lines, and but still, like even so, his apology afterwards was like, I now realize that that was a bad decision. Like, like <laughs> in, in my head, I'm like, what? This is this is not this is not the kind of apology that I would accept. I now no. realize it's not yeah, okay to after kill someone. Jail. <laughs> I learned that it's bad like to pay someone to kill your own wife. Exactly. What is that? I did not know, and now I know. I did not know, and now I know. I apologize to my wife. <laughs> Please do not divorce no me. No one else. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. That's pretty yeah, that's a pretty cut and dry one. Yeah, in that situation, I was like, yeah, I don't believe a word this guy's saying, so <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to opt out. Yeah, Band, yeah, bands or other, I mean, you look at, like, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, right. like, bands of the yeah. 80s yeah. before social media and cell phones, and, I mean, I, I, they probably don't remember <clears throat> some of the things that they did that were way worse than anyone has ever even attempting today, you know? Yeah. Like the amount of <laughs> like debauchery and just blatant sexual deviancy <laughs> by these people on a nightly basis <laughs> right. was probably just unfathomable in today's standards, but yeah it's just 
it's wild not that they were like oh, i didn't know i couldn't do that like <laughs> it just they just felt untouchable and uh, i don't know but the guy that i was thinking about was hugh jackman oh yeah <laughs> he is a very versatile entertainer yeah oh yeah i heard an interview with him on the tim ferris show that was incredible because i'd never really heard you know Hugh Jackman I don't like you know actively like looking for Hugh Jackman interviews or inspiration but for some reason I decided to just listen to it you know while I was driving somewhere and and just a incredibly thoughtful engaging guy who is never like satisfied with you know even though he's world famous he's never He's always trying new things and trying to push himself further and yeah. in, in a lot of different ways. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, he can do a super serious role, a really funny role. He can be in a Broadway musical. He oh, can yeah. host a huge awards show. He can sing, dance, act. I mean, he can do it all. He's a true, true entertainer. And my hat is off to Hugh Jackman. That's the hats off segment. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> I can't follow that up with anything. <laughs> no. But I think we should also um, put this out there. Okay. Jokingly, but. Well, we'll see. Because um, I, I have no <laughs> idea what you're going to say. <laughs> Cancel FDR. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, he, during his time as president... He couldn't stand up. He could not stand up. And you stand for the flag. <laughs> oh, my God. Polio, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> <laughs> 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 little bitch. Uh, um, you could stick those fireside chats <laughs> right up your ass. Yeah, <laughs> Shove them right up your arse. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I don't know. Nobody's really talking about the fact that we in, we uh, sent thousands of Japanese to internment oh, camps during yeah. World War II. No one talks about that. No one no. talks about that. And the, I mean, we're just like cutting through history. You know, it's funny. We're, we're yeah, cutting through. Waking and choosing. Yeah, which is... One of the most egregious is obviously uh, black history, but yeah, it, it is funny that we, I, I don't know, like I, I wonder if at some point, some point we're going to start being like, oh yeah, maybe we should start looking at some of these other things, how we, we ended up treating other people as well. I'm not talking about other white <laughs> people, I'm talking about like you're talking about Japanese internment camps, right. like that's, that's a huge problem for sure. Yeah. Yeah, people were losing their rights left and right. But he was a Democrat, so... Yeah, so we can't mention that. Never mind. Yeah. Oh. But... Who knows? Obviously, I'm, you know... I'm not saying tear down FDR, but I'm saying if you want to, you know, go after people and tear down history and all this stuff, I mean, at least be fair about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
tear down the all the Confederate statues for obvious reasons, and there, I think, yeah, f certainly if you're going to be doing that, you should. Uh, why not also comb through some of the <laughs> other other issues that happened? Yep, because there's a lot of them. Well, did you know that the United States dropped a nuclear bomb on people? Oh, Harry Truman, cancel him too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rip the pages right out of the history books, and while you're at it, rip out the Old Testament, <laughs> out with the old, in with the new. Because <laughs> yeah. God killed a lot of people in the Old Testament. That's true. But all you gonna take away the Bible now? <laughs> Don't tread on huh? me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I don't, you know. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what, from now on, anytime I say something inflammatory, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it and then I'll be like, you know what? I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> just why I not? Don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm just encouraging people to stay safe. Use your brain. That's a good message to and end read on. Read the Bible. That's a great message now to, to end yeah. on. There you go. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we will uh, catch you on next week again. See ya. Au revoir. <laughs>